Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Peck-Baumert. Hi, Paige. How are you doing? Hello. So good. Wonderful. Today we are talking about social media. To be specific, we're going to talk about how social media affects family relationships. I don't know if you've noticed, but every little gadget or app that you bring into your life actually does affect the way that you connect with other people. And social media definitely affects our family relationships. The question is, does it affect our family relationships for the good or for the bad? What if I told you the answer was both. So we're going to be talking today about how social media could be a good thing, but also how social media could be a bad thing and what we can do to make sure that we are keeping social media in check and creating the right type of boundaries for ourselves so that we can have better self-government. But before we do that, we want to talk about a family activity. Yes, we do. Yeah, what do we want to talk about today for family activities? Oh, this is a fun one. So, something that we did a lot as a family was we would play improv games. We'd have a family improv night or improvisation night. So, obviously, this works really, really well in a family of extroverts, which we are. And so true, uh, but sometimes just even a family, even if you're introverts, in the family, people act more extroverted lots of times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When they're comfortable with people, they tend to just be themselves. But I remember one improv game in particular we really like. It's called Freeze. And um, you got two people. They start out a situation, and then um, you've got people who are watching, you know, this little skit that's totally made up in the moment. And someone will yell, Freeze! And so then the two actors have to freeze. And then the person who yelled freeze goes and taps one of the actors on the shoulder, whoever they want to replace. And then it keeps going. And sometimes the skit will change completely. In fact, that's kind of how it's supposed to go. And that's what makes it really fun. Anyway, so that's what hysterical game. We love that. We have had a bull turn into a king's crown, a pregnant lady's belly, a a puke bucket yeah you have to have a you have to have a prop so you bring a prop a prop maybe it's a bowl maybe it's a sal- uh, a spatula maybe it's a-, a pillow or a piece of fabric it could be anything but they have to use that in the scene which makes it really fun as well mm-hmm. Another game that we've played for Family Improv Night is we have played a game called Gibberish. So Gibberish is super fun because you've got like two people doing a scene together, but they can't use real words. They can only say gibberish words. And then you've got two other people who are basically translating for those other people. <laughs> and so they stand there and they, they add in the scene. So it's, it's the people that aren't acting out the scene that get to tell the words to the scene and the people that are in the scene have to be acting it out so they're playing it out and the other people are just turning it into whatever they want to and it may or may (laughs) not be a match and it's just absolutely hysterical that's what makes it so fun 
Yeah, there are so many fun improv games. Not all of them are clean, so be careful. But there are books. In fact, we have a book called, uh, I think it's called On Stage. Um, and it, the On Stage book is chuck full of acting games. So if you want to have fun activities to do with children or with your family, there are some great ideas in there. So let's talk now about our topic about social media and how social media affects family relationships. So we are all plugged into each other more than we ever have been before. Mm -hmm. We can go and spy on other people's lives. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. There's kind of like this strange peeping Tom, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that, but this, like, we all just go and peer at other people's lives. And I don't know if that's creepy or if that's good or if that's healthy or what, but um, it's definitely something that's been happening now for a number of years. And we can now see some effects of what is, is happening because of this. So there are some positive things. And Paige, I know that, you know, you're not with family all the time now. I mean, you've got your own little family. You've started with Joseph, which is so cute. Yes. I love it. <laughs> But you're not with everybody else, not necessarily mm -hmm. with your brothers and sisters and stuff anymore. So what are some of the positive things that social media gives to you? You know, if you're looking at Instagram, Facebook, you know, Twitter, whatever, what are some of the positive things that maybe you can think of that social media provides for you and for the family? Yeah. Um, I know at least with Instagram, I can kind of see what London is up to because, you know, she has an Instagram and she likes to post cute pictures of her and her friends and family on there. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's what London's been up to. Um, Porter doesn't necessarily have social media accounts yet. But no, and he won't for like two more years <laughs> <laughs> because we don't go there until somebody's 18. Yeah. That's when London got hers, was when she was 18. Yes, but he has a phone, and so I do call and text him, which is, it's not really social media, but I'm still able to keep in contact with him. But it's also, it was really, really helpful um, when I was on my mission trip for my church, because halfway through the time that I was serving, we all changed to using phones, because before it was all on paper. And so we were able to, you know, use Facebook account as part of our service. And that was really awesome because we were able to post about the things that we were doing and teaching and be able to attract people in the area who might be interested in learning more about what we were sharing and about what we were doing. So that was something that was really, really helpful. And right now, uh, I actually use social media a lot to communicate with, you know, people in my church congregation because I don't necessarily have all their phone numbers and we just moved to a new congregation because um, we're in a new area. And so that's been really nice to connect with them to get to know them. But I also use it for my business opportunities. And so that's been yeah, really nice. So there's actually a lot of different ways that you can use social media that can be beneficial, right? Mm -hmm. You can keep track of family and friends. You can have conversations with people you might not normally have, especially right now during COVID. I mean, it's almost like an essential for business and for um, keeping track with people in, you know, friend groups or in congregations yeah. of people so that you can message certain people and talk to them about things 
in a really casual way where they can get to it when they can. Or there's some people you might not be able to reach, but you can find them on social media and you could reach them in that way. So there are some benefits for having social media. And when we're talking about family relationships in particular here though, so mm-hmm. we could spread out, we can, we can go bigger. But when we talk about family relationships, I think, you know, we can keep track of each other. You know, it's yeah. been, it's been a suggested by a lot of people. Hey, if your children are on social media, then definitely get on social media too. make sure that you can have access to, to their account and to be their friend and to see what's going on, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But you know, we don't start our children on social media or have them go down that road until they're 18 or if they don't even want to then, then that's fine. But usually around that time, everybody's like, yeah, I'd like to kind of try this out. It's a great test for your <laughs> I'll tell you what, to see if you can not be on it for hours a day, you know, and just keep yourself really self-governed with your usage. But um, yeah, so keeping track of family and friends, I love seeing cousins and people on there that I wouldn't normally see. So that's a positive. And that we can have some of these conversations we wouldn't normally have. There's another positive, though, that many people might not usually think of, and that is that you can publicly praise people. And so this sometimes can strengthen relationships. Now, only if it's done right. Um, we don't want to be just inflating people like, oh, you're stupendous. You're, you're absolutely most incredible thing that ever existed. Well, okay. Everyone knows that's not true. Right. So <laughs> saying stuff like that doesn't really do as much good as saying something like, wow, you put a lot of work into that. What an incredible project to be part of. I bet, I bet that's been a lot of fun for you or, you know, or just saying something like, I like that new haircut that looks really nice on you or something like that. So publicly praising other people actually strengthens relationships. So you can tell somebody praise face to face and, you know, just one-on-one without anybody else around. And that's a beautiful thing and a positive thing. But when you praise someone in front of other people, that actually just means it's even more true. Is what it's it means. true, especially if you get a second witness from someone like, oh yeah, she's so right. Like you did such a good job here. Yeah. Now we shouldn't be looking for those things to find our worth, but that is one benefit. Another mm-hmm. thing like Paige was mentioning with her church mission that she did when they were using social media and stuff like that to reach out to people is it is a great way to spread good, to spread kindness. And sometimes we can bring some good to somebody's day. Some of our family members, we can send an uplifting message to them. We can post a picture that makes them happy. I mean, there are some positive things that we can do with social media. So that's a pretty good list of the positives. I don't know if there's a ton more than that, Um, but Mm -hmm. those are some of the positives and there are positives there. It's just important for us to, to recognize that. I think most people thought, you know, with this topic that I would just go straight to the negatives. I wanted to make sure before we got to some of the negatives that we recognize there were positive things as well. So let's look at some of the negatives. Mm -hmm, Because there definitely are those. Yes. So the first negative that I think of is what I call social media on the brain syndrome. Okay. And social (laughs) media on the brain syndrome is like, it's that 
syndrome where even if you're not on the social media, you're thinking about what people did post on social media. And you're thinking about what you want people to post on a post you made on social media and comments that might be there or might not be there. And you're experiencing a little bit of anxiety about, oh, I want to go and check to see if somebody posted or commented on something that I posted on social media. When you have social media on the brain, whether you're actually on the device or not on the device, it puts you in a different place. It's just like if you're a gamer and you're not playing the game, but you're only thinking about the game. It, it, it's a bad social skill, number one, but it makes you disconnect from other people and you just get in your own little world and you can't actually form a good connection to the other people around you and they notice it. So how does it affect your family relationships? Well, in a negative way, if you end up with social media on the brain syndrome, can we go for an official title on that? Where do we get things officially titled? I think that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to look anyway, into that. Yeah. So, so I, you know, when you think of that, I mean, how does it affect your relationships? Well, it makes it so that people are not as focused on truly connecting with the people around them. And so they're worried about what other people who aren't physically present are going to think about what they just shared. Yeah, so you're being connected to people that aren't even there. And that makes the people who are there feel not very important. Mm -hmm. If I sit in a room with somebody, like say they're a gamer or they're a social media you know, addict or something, I sit in the room with them and they can only talk about their game. And I'm not even part of the game. You know? And that's all they can talk about is their game, their thing that, that is interesting to them in their mind right then. Or, or what somebody posted on social media and what they said to them about it and whatever. And if they can't break out of that topic, I mean, it's one thing every once in a brief bit, you know, to have a, that type of a conversation. But if it's always like that, I feel like, why am I here? Mm -hmm. what, what, is, what purpose am I, you know, sitting here? Because clearly you don't need me. You have plenty <laughs> of other people on your game or on your social media. And we need to be clear that there is a social media aspect to many online games. Okay. So there. It, oh, definitely. Especially if you're cool. going, yeah. If you're going online to play with other people, um, that's, a, that's a big one. Or, you know, a lot of people share online what they've been playing. Yeah. So that is a, a real thing that, you know, we need to remember. So sometimes we could call social media, it could be broader than what we think it is. It's not just Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, some of those. And by the way, not all social media is created equal, I just will say. So, you know, be picky about what you'll do. I mean, there's some that I think have some value, like Marco Polo and, and some things where you can have really quick video chats in a nice, easy way. But there's others that I feel like are pretty sneaky in some of the things that they do, and they promote some pretty bad stuff. And so you'll want to keep your family steering clear of some of those things. Don't love Snapchat, I'm going to be honest. Um, there's some other ones that have had some pretty unethical behavior that has happened on them, so be careful. Yeah. All right, let's talk about another negative of social media. So I guess one of them we just hit on, and that one is that uh, some of the social media could bring some elements into your family 
that you really don't want it to, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Bring in, bring in the porn culture, bring in maybe a different worldview than matches what your worldview is. And so you got to be careful about that because a lot of people believe social media. That's the part that drives me crazy is you can perpetuate almost any lie on social media. There have been people that have like experimented with that, made up a lie and seen how far it will go and what will happen because it will just perpetuate. People will be like, oh my word, look at this, look at this, look at this. And nobody fact checks on hardly anything on social media. because it takes too much time. Oh yeah. And they're just shocked by it. They're like, I'm shocked. Are you shocked? And then they pass it off, you know, but that (laughs) doesn't mean that it's real, you know? And finally somebody fact checks it and says, hello, this is not real. You know, and you're like, oh, great. Thanks for that. Yeah. Anyway, so another negative is what I call post mindset. Post mindset. So if you are big time into social media, then it could be that you end up getting post mindset and you don't even know it, which means that even when you're with people for real doing real things, you're thinking about how you're going to take that moment and turn it into a post. And so when you do that, you're also disconnecting from the other people around you and, and you're it going also, into the selfish. I was saying, and when you have that, it almost discredits the connections you are making in person because you're mm. so worried about trying to make a connection with people who aren't there. That's actually a really good point. So when you are in an activity with your family members, somehow it, not as authentic if it's all about doing the pictures for the post or looking perfect for the post or yeah, it whatever. It. Yeah. So you're thinking about what you're going to do after that event or some people don't even wait till after they just start doing it right there immediately <laughs> in the minute. And I'm not saying it's bad to make a post. I make plenty of posts. Um, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that we've got to make sure we're careful that we don't get so caught up in what we want our next post to be that we actually stop engaging in a real and authentic way with our family members. And they start feeling like, oh, I'm just here for the post. You know, it wasn't really mm-hmm. about the activity or, or what we're doing as a family. Really, it was about showing things to, to somebody else. Yeah, you know? well, and a lot of times when you have that, if you're so stuck on, you know, especially making a good post, then you could start turning your life into fake situations and things to start, or like to try and impress people instead of just living your life and doing the things that you need to do for your mission in life. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for the the phoniness, right? And and all of the all of the the selfies that are like, "Wow, how long did it take you to put together that selfie?" you know, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, we just you just need to make sure you don't allow posting on social media to take over your whole life. I would think that's not the point of it. And if you do do that, then your family suffers. So, let's talk about Another negative, um, when you are on social media and you are looking at what your family is doing on social media, then oftentimes when you're with them in person, you actually have less to talk about because you've already seen everything that's happened in their life. And so you might say, 
you might say something like, oh, I saw that you went on a trip to the Bahamas. How was that? Good. And then you're like, okay, that's it. Instead of mm -hmm. saying, so what have you been doing this summer? Well, we decided to go to the Bahamas. Really? Why? And like, oh, and what did you do there? How long were you there? You know, but if you're already on social media, you've seen all the pictures of what they did there because they posted every picture and you saw how mm -hmm. long they were there. And so you can't even ask the basic questions. So what you have to do is you have to get really good. If you are going to look at social media and peek in on other people's lives, then, which is not a bad thing to do, then you've got to perfect the art of how to carry on a conversation after you've seen stuff. So you would yeah. need to go up to somebody and you would need to say, so I saw that you went to the Bahamas on your vacation and it looks like you did some snorkeling. Is this your first time going snorkeling? What so kind of fish did you see? Exactly. So then you got to take it to the next level. The problem is the majority of people in their relationships stay on a level one communication. So there's multiple different levels of communication. Level one is the pleasantries. So how are you doing? What have you been up to? Where you been? That's all the pleasantries. Most people stay there and they don't move past the next to the next level where they're getting more facts. And then the next level where they're sharing feelings and deep experiences and then the next level where they're saying what they need and, and reaching out to the person in a way they really trust that person to help fulfill a need for them. So, you know, and you don't have to get all the way to that deep level of communication with everyone. <laughs> Reserve that for family. But we are talking about family and we should be communicating with our family members on a deep level. And if we're, if we're sticking surface and then we actually remove some of that surface or opening communication, we can feel a little bit lost and alone. Sometimes here's another thing. Sometimes you think, see things on social media that you wish you didn't know about the person. You're like, it's oh. true. Sometimes you're like, mm, I didn't want to see that. And then when you see them, you think about that. Instead of giving them a fair shake, you can think about like, oh, that person made this horrible post and I hope they don't really believe that, you know, or, yeah. or something like that. And, and it can get stuck in your head, which then can make you not know what topic to breach next because the last thing you thought of with that person was a connection to that bad post or, or mm -hmm. something that you just really didn't like you thought was negative. And so then you're just sort of stuck. You well, know? And then again, that gives you less to talk about because you're trying to avoid certain topics. Yeah. And then it seems like you're putting up a wall or you're hiding because you're avoiding certain topics. Mm -hmm. So oh, it can really damage communication. It gets messy. Yeah. I say yeah. another thing that it does is social media is actually designed and like by the engineers who make it to suck us in and make us forget why we're there in the first place. That's happened to me so many times. I'm like, okay, I'm going to hop on messenger and I'm going to message this person because I need to know what time I need to pick this up. And then I'm looking at all the other messages or I'm now looking at someone's Facebook story. And now I'm like, okay, I've just spent 15 minutes doing, I don't even know what. Wow. Only 15 page. That's pretty good compared to some people. <laughs> I, I, Thanks. <laughs> I've actually, no, I've actually had moments where I'm like, oh my word, a half hour just went by. What mm -hmm. happened? You know? And I felt like I, I cannot look at this. <laughs> I cannot keep, and you know, it's magical because like you say, oh, I'm going to go do one thing on Facebook or something and you go into it. And what's the first thing that pops up your main newsfeed, 
right? Or your feed from everybody's pages. With your memories on top. (laughs) Or something. Yeah, exactly. And so, so then you had this idea in your head of what you, what you needed to go there for, whether it's to make a post or maybe I thought I need to go check and see, you know, what's happening in Paige's life, right? Because maybe I want to see some of your pictures because you're my child and I care about you like a ton. And so I might go (laughs) and check. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I might wanting to go check. Well, I get on there. I see all these different things do after I do about one scroll. I don't even know why I'm there anymore. <laughs> if I let myself do one or two scrolls, I'm lost. So I have to tell myself, go to the page, do the post, go to page Peck Baumert's page and check, you know? And so And I have to like drive myself there. Otherwise, I'm going to get caught up. And I'm a really focused, deliberate person. But listen, anyone can get caught in social media. Like you said, Paige, it's designed to get us stuck there. That's the whole point. Well, and do you ever wonder why family members might spend half an hour to an hour in the bathroom? Uh Aha. That is actually a pretty good idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They can go and hide and look at their social media. Yeah. Or they get in there and they think, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to look at something. And before they know it, they're like, why am I still here? I think I, I, think I finished going to the bathroom a long time ago <laughs> because they're just there, you know? And mm-hmm. so it really is, I mean, as much as it can be a diversion, it can be a really bad diversion. It can take us off track. We cannot be getting the things done that we want to get done. And then we don't feel productive in the day. No, there have been days where, you know, I didn't have work and I was doing nothing. And I spent hours on social media. I'm like, I got nothing done. The dishes aren't done. The floor isn't vacuumed. What am I doing? Well, and then you kind of feel like you got gypped, right? Yeah. Like, wait, wait a minute. My day just, uh, what happened today? Why did I look at all what these people said about masks versus not masks versus <laughs> whatever, you know, it doesn't even matter if it's some major issue to another person. Like, there's very few things that are worth worth wasting your purpose and productivity for the day over. And yet it could happen to anybody. And, and it's happened to me before too, where I've looked at myself at the end of the day and thought, how come I didn't get that much done today? Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, because actually I looked at this thing and somebody passed this thing to me and I looked at it because it was interesting. And then I commented on that. Well, once you start commenting, ah! stay away from the comments (laughs) so trapped at that point so what do we do then okay well one thing that we can do is we can make sure that we tell ourselves how to handle social media before we even open it up on the phone or the computer or the device or however we get into social media oh so like give ourselves boundaries Oh, yes. What a novel idea. We should have boundaries, which would be a really great self-government things to do, Mm -hmm. which means we're going to, whenever you do boundaries, that means at some point along the way, you're going to have to accept a no answer. So you'll give yourself a no answer and you have to accept it. You're probably going to have to give yourself some instructions too. And hopefully you won't have to correct yourself, but if it gets bad, you might have to. It's true. And I think we already hit on a boundary that's really good to set is identify, you know, the need or the reason why you're doing that. Yeah. So this is, this is actually a little skill set. Okay. So how to set up your boundaries with social media or honestly with anything with gaming, 
with um, just being on the computer in general, looking at things online, YouTube, whatever, okay? This is a great little boundary skill set that you can use. So like you said, Paige, you identify, why am I even going here, okay? Is it a real need or a real reason? Do I need to make a post? Has, okay, maybe it's been six months or it's been six days and I haven't made a post. And I think, mm -hmm. I, think I wanna make a post and we took some cute pictures on our hike and I think I will put them on there. So then you, that's your need, okay? I am going to make a post. So then you say to yourself, how much time is this gonna take? So step number two is plan a time frame. And you say, well, this might take 10 minutes to make my post, right? So then step number three is have someone or something hold you accountable. So if you're by mm -hmm. yourself, then you tell your phone or something, you say, hey, I need you to set me an alarm for 10 minutes from now, right? So that you know in 10 minutes you are supposed to be done. Or you tell someone else, hey, I'm going to go do a post and I'm going to be on there for like 10 minutes. And so just in about 10 minutes time, kind of check with me, look at me. And, you know, if I'm not off yet, then just kind of say, hey, is your 10 minutes up? I think it is. Just to kind of remind me, right? So that's the no answer. That's when the no answer comes in. So I'm giving myself an instruction. I need to do this with this much time. Then when it comes the time, we give ourselves a no answer. So then the next step is you stop on time. Which can be really hard super hard because you'll start rationalizing you'll be like yeah but i'll just look at this for a minute and then mm -hmm. you didn't set you didn't set a timer for one minute so or for two more minutes or whatever so you end up there and then the time goes away and all of a sudden boom you've lost your self-government and it's taken over again so then the final step is after you stop on time then you walk away so now go do something for real, something in real life. Go well, that's and... That's the best part anyway, is yeah. meeting new people, making connections, strengthening connections. It's way more effective and way more useful than any connection made online. Totally. And the thing is, is I've made some amazing friends online and I have some great connections with some people online, but it really is the the personal connection that makes it last you know some of my friends that i have met online i since got together with them met them face to face did things with them went to their countries and saw them and you know that has been then the making for a really great relationship so we have to think about the people and the real life things more than these digital kind of like not all the way real worlds, which social media represents. There are a lot of ideas that are discussed on social media. Sometimes there's some great news items that we can catch coming through social media that we might not have caught before. Um, sometimes, like I said, we can keep up with things as people, but for the most part, there is more of a danger that social media is gonna suck us in and take our time than there is the, the positives. So yeah. in order to stay in that positive realm, you've got to self-govern, you've got to make a plan, you've got to set boundaries. And, and really when it comes to your children, this is why my children do not end up with social media accounts until they're 18 years old. 
And when they do get them, we talk about these very boundaries. Well, how do we set a boundary for ourselves so it doesn't suck us in? So we're not in it forever. And I think it was actually helpful. So Paige, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I'm ready. When you turned 18, you got a phone and you happened to be in Ecuador when you got this phone. I did. And you ended up getting on social media at that time. And I was nervous about this because I wasn't there to do a proper like training with it, you know? And when you came home, you were on that phone too much because you weren't self-governing on the phone. Right. And your brother and sister, your younger brother and sister, they noticed. They were like, oh, that is too much. She is on there too (laughs) much. And they brought it up to me multiple times. Mom, Paige is on her phone way too much. And it was annoying to them because they wanted to have real time with you and play with you. And and they felt like it was getting in the way. And so I had to pull you And it so totally does. Mm Mm-hmm. And even though you were an adult, I had to pull you aside because even though you were amazing at self-government, because we didn't do a proper pre-teaching about that and you just kind of launched off and I wasn't there because you were living off, you know, doing some nanny stuff in Ecuador and you were doing your own thing, you didn't get that proper, you know, prep that you needed. And so then when, when that, when we all noticed that you were on there too much, I had to pull you aside and we had to have a heart to heart. And you had to then make a plan. Well, you're right. What am I going to do? I got to do less. And you had to figure out what that would look like at that point. But then Mm -hmm. it was harder because you, because you got sucked in first and then had to pull out. Yeah. It's a lot easier now just because I know, okay, I have these responsibilities, especially as like a homemaker. And, um, you know, while my husband is away, I tend to do a lot of things. I have, a window where he's not there to distract me so I can get things done. <laughs> Wait, so. he distracts you? That is some serious love potion. <laughs> and so, you know, I usually have a mental list or sometimes I even write it on my bathroom mirror in dry erase marker, a whole list of things I need to do. And so that's my time to get them done. And so I realize I'm like, okay, I can't really mess around on social media if I'm going to get all this stuff done. There's, if I'm being efficient and effective, there is no time for just playing around on social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've done a really great job at getting yourself super self-governed with that. And I think it was really helpful when you did go and do the mission trip for the church that you actually, you know, at that point it was like, okay, I'm totally breaking free from all digital. And then when you brought it back in, it was like, okay, this can't take a lot of my time. I'm out here to get some things done. So I only have to use it how it's useful, you know? And then when you came back, you were much more deliberate about your usage with any devices and with social media. We have now Mm -hmm. crossed into the realm of just device in general (laughs) instead of just social media. And we were supposed to be just talking about social media, but, um, but yeah, you know, it, it was interesting to see you learn and grow in that way. And I think you learned a lot of things about yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, you probably thought, oh, I won't ever be, you know, addicted or get sucked <laughs> in. I think that's what a lot of people think, yeah. you know, and then you did. And then, and now, you know, you still could. I mean, I know I could. Oh, and yeah. so you have to be on your guard. You have to make a plan, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
for yeah. sure. So I do love some... that little thing on the phone that says you've been on your phone this much time. Today. <laughs> I, I do actually like that. That was a thing you had clued me into. It was something you used when you were on your mission. And I was like, that is really smart. Because if all of a sudden it says something like you've been on your phone for an hour and a half today, I'm like, whoa, you know, like this is a time. Yeah. And so it, it so puts it... it in perspective. Yeah, it was actually an app that we were required to have during our time of service. So it told us exactly how long we had been on every single certain app that we visited during the different times of the day. I, that Honestly, it's awesome. Yeah. And so if you can't analyze, you can't self-govern. Yeah. And the people that we were with as, as part of the trip, we were required to open that app up and then give it to them so that they could look at it, analyze it. And if something was, if we were on something too long, they'd be like, hello, what's going on here? What'd you do here? You know, so we were accountable to them and they were accountable to us because, you know, we, we would swap phones and just kind of do a quick inventory of what each other had been doing that day. And that was really, really effective. It is. I think that families should help each other, hold each other accountable. I think a lot of people, when they see a problem with someone on social media or just on their phones in general, they have a tendency to whine and complain and tease and nag and be like, how come you're not, you know, get off, get off, you're on there too much and that kind of thing. And then certain personalities are not going to respond well to that, right? And they're going to be like, get an attitude and say, leave me alone and then they'll just make themselves scarce because they don't want to hear it and they don't want somebody micromanaging them, you know? So you have to feel like that you can discuss the issue of phone usage, social media usage, and help each other along. And, and hopefully that's something that in husband and wife relationships, especially you can talk about and that you can make a plan for how to help each other, but also in parent child relationships, for sure the parents need to be helping the children. Um, you know, the children, if they need to talk to the parents about it, probably need to use the disagree appropriate least skill, which is one of the, the four basic skills in the teaching self-government program. But mm -hmm. this is a self-government issue. There are so many things that we can govern, but this is a big self-government issue of our time. And if we remember the definition to self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of our own behaviors so that we can control them, which mm -hmm. means that we say to ourselves, what are the possible causes and effects? What are the positives and negatives that can come from this social media? Well, we talked about that today. And then we say, okay, now what are our behaviors doing with social media? And what adjustments do we need to make? Do we need to set some boundaries? So hopefully we've given you a lot to think about today. <laughs> Paige, thank you for joining me. Thank you for bringing your insights, your experiences to this conversation. And I think we have covered the ground pretty well on how social media affects families and what those positive and negatives are. Please join us again next time on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. And if you would like more information on self-government and how to become a self-governing person, a self-governing family, find the Teaching Self-Government Parenting Course or many other resources that we have on teachingselfgovernment.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.